0: You are listening to WTUZ Radio Podcast. Welcome to WTUZ Radio Podcast. I am your host, Rhonda. Uh, Today's topic, uh, I've talked about this in passing, but I wanted to just do a quick podcast to make it clear that I want to talk about the subject of magic, okay? So the title of this podcast is The Mystics of Magic are Science. So those of you that have rocked with me over the years, you know I originally started uh, truth on compromise uh, as a media outlet to not only discuss spirituality um, all aspects of spirituality so from a religious standpoint uh, esoteric metaphysics and then also I wanted to discuss current events political uh, news etc cetera, etc cetera, conspiracy theories yada 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 So hopefully, as you can see over the years, the body of work, because we were not always on YouTube. Matter of fact, we just recently came on YouTube live, okay? We started off on Blog Talk Radio, so all of those older episodes that you see, I literally had to physically upload them. That stuff was a lot of work, okay? So, with all of that said, if you go back and listen to some of the older body of works as it relates to the esoteric or spiritual, my message is pretty much the same about you uh, being responsible for self and you going within to get the particular messages that you need. Uh But I would go into detail about the different uh, spirituality perspectives, et cetera, et cetera. So hopefully you have seen over the years the body of work grow. Because as I grow and learn, that's the way it's supposed to be. You are supposed to be evolving. Because if you're not... Evolving, that means you aren't learning. And if you're not, if you aren't learning and you can't change your perspective or see things in a different light, it just might be doctrine. So I'll just back that up a little bit to make it clear. If you aren't evolving, if you aren't growing, if you can't see things from a different perspective, if your ideology, if your views have not changed, I'm not talking your major morality. That's not what I'm speaking of in general. I'm talking about what you have learned or what you think you know does not evolve if you're not able to build on what you know by using your own discernment deductive reasoning and pure logic that means you may be stuck in a doctrine. So With that said, over these last hmm, five, six years, I have come to realize for me that all of this esoteric stuff that folks have been talking about for millenniums, it really just boils down to science. I'm talking about the real science. Not the theoretical science or the theories of science that they give you and that they teach to the populace. I'm talking the real nature, natural science, also uh, known as esoteric science. Science that's what i am referring to that's all magic is that was that is what was quote quote lost i'm going to say was hidden for the purpose of stripping you of utilizing that science the natural science Because even you, yourself, you are natural. You can utilize and you do utilize the natural science slash magic. Okay, so just real quick, we're going to go into some basic definitions of science, uh, of magic rather use a little technology here. Okay so we'll start with Miriam Webster of uh, the meaning of magic, a power that allows people such as witches and wizards to do impossible things by saying special words or performing special actions. Number two, tricks that seem impossible and that are done by a performer to entertain people. Okay, so we know that. That's the modern day um, David Blaine, them, and all that jazz. Third definition, special power, influence, or skill. This third definition, special power, we can put that one to the side, because that can be interpreted in many ways. Um, The influence or skill. That's pretty powerful in today's society because influence is used very heavily on the populace. And they use the influence, how they get the influence, let me correct myself, how they get the influence It's maybe through something that they're very skilled at, and I think of entertainers specifically, so if you can dribble a ball, run a ball, shoot a ball, you can act make-believe, acting, make-believe. Or if you have wealth, which is in today's societies is uh, equivalent to power, that's how you get the influence. Which is interesting that they include that as a part of magic. And in the 20th century, can't speak for the 19th century, but in the 20th century, what we have seen is definitely folks using influence to capture the attention and to capture even, I would say, the beliefs and the values of the general population. They use their influence. And that influence is through power, which is gained through wealth. Which wealth can be gained just through generational wealth and or a skill. Okay? So the other um, definitions, the use of means such as charms or spells believed to have supernatural power over natural forces. Okay, magic rites or incantations. An extraordinary power or influence seemingly from a supernatural source. Something that seems to cast a spell enchantment. The art of producing illusions by sleight of hand. So I want us to pay close attention to what they are saying in just a simple Webster, Merriam-Webster Dictionary definitions. Okay, so charms or spells, we'll talk about that a little bit. Believed to have supernatural power over natural forces. magic rites, an extraordinary power or influence seemingly from supernatural source. This number two is truly, number two, A, and three are truly what we have witnessed in the 20th century and the 21st century. An extraordinary power or influence Talked about what influence is, seemingly from a supernatural source. So, seeming that it's from a supernatural source. Three, the art of producing illusions by sleight of hand. Okay. Illusions. Very, very powerful. Okay. Because that's truly what's being used on the general populace. It's influence and its illusions. Okay, so wanted to give you that quick quick definition from the Webster. Uh let's talk about uh what did the etymology dic- dictionary say? All right. Um A noun, this is coming from the late 14th century. You see how magic is spelled. Uh, Art of influencing or predicting events. There goes that influencing. Art of influencing or predicting events and producing marvels, hidden natural forces. And producing marvels and producing marvels Hidden natural forces. Also supernatural art, especially the art of controlling the actions of spiritual or superhuman beings. Huh. Especially the art of controlling the actions of spiritual or superhuman beings. From old French. Magic or I don't know if that's magic, magic, magical, from late Latin, I don't know if that's machis or majesty, sorcery, magic, from Greek, Magic magiki, presum- presumably techni. now that seems like technique to me, art, And so uh, one of the members of the learned priestly class. From old Persian Magush, which is possibly from the pie root maj, to be able have power. Now, priestly class, we should know. Those of you that rock with us on the live shows on Thursday, when we go back into those Sumerian texts, and we show you how the priesthoods were set up. So meaning those priesthoods that still carry through today were assigned via bloodline, and what made the priesthood so different were that they were just given the keys to the science. That's all. They were given the keys to the natural science slash, whether you want to say esoteric, slash metaphysics science. By their bloodline relatives who were who are not mystical, quote quote magical, powerful beings known as the Anunnaki. They were just beings with a set of technology. And they gave the key or the keys, plural, to that technology to their relatives that they assigned as priest and created a priesthood and gave them specific sub... uh, uh, and gave them specific instructions on how that priesthood Shall be ran, who shall be initiated into that priesthood, etc., which is through bloodline, and there are different um orders of priesthood of that priesthood and levels. Okay, so meaning the bloodline of the original priesthood are the ones who have the keys. The keys are literally the technology specs and the technology itself. Okay. All right. So the transverse sense of Ledger main optical illusion. Okay, that's what they were saying in the 1800s. It displaced old English. Wicker craft, also dry craft from dry magician from irish druid priest magician see druid natural magic in the middle east was that which did not involve the agency of personal spirits it was considered more or less legitimate not sinful and involve much that would be explained scientifically as the manipulation of natural forces. So let's just go back over that. Hence why this podcast episode is being created. Magic is just science. Natural magic in the Middle Ages was that which did not involve the agency of personal spirits. It was considered more or less legitimate, not sinful, and involved much that would be explained scientifically as the manipulation of natural forces. All right, so now let's jump over to Wikipedia, okay? Now, really, I could just really just just straight stop here. I could really just straight stop here. I hope you're getting the gist of where this podcast is going and what the overall message of the podcast is. All of these things that folks are running around here calling magic, witchcraft, esoteric, this, that, and the third. It's really just natural science. And you, as a being that has the, uh, the ability to create, you are a creator, has the ability to to use that natural science, but it has been hidden away from you. And instead you have been given a priesthood that tells you how you should practice magic, when you should practice magic, And what they are giving you does not put you in the position of power, does not put you in the position to be control of self. It actually does the opposite. It puts you in a subservient role. It puts you as a subject. Under a king or priesthood. Okay. But let's continue. Let's go to Wikipedia. Okay, so magic. Sometimes spell magic. M-A-G-I-C-K. And I've also... Seen it, M-I-J-I-C-K, or I-C. Is the application of beliefs, rituals, or actions employed in the belief that they can manipulate natural or supernatural beings and forces? Okay, so we're going to keep going. Because that's the lazy definition. (laughs) It is categor It is a category into which have been placed various beliefs and practices, sometimes considered separate from both religion and science. Uh huh. Mhm. Mhm. But yet the priesthood—that's all they use—is magic. And a big part of their magic is influence. Because that's exactly what religion is. Okay? But the true priesthood and priestesshood, is the priestesshood is more hidden than the priesthood the true priesthood and priestesshood or witches use science. Use natural science. Okay? So magic was changed from being we'll flip back to what they told you it was in the Middle Ages. It would be explained scientific as the manipulation of natural forces. Now that was in the Middle Ages to nowadays as being in a category which have been placed various beliefs and practices sometimes considered separate. So separating it from science, and even religion, which religion is nothing but magic slash influence slash spells, splash connotations, slash rituals. Think about it. We know the Christianity Christianity religion. Depending on which specific re, religion or denomination of Christianity Christians belong to, they participate in a religion called communion. That. Ritual is eating of the body of their savior. Um, is that not a ritual? Christians participate in rituals when they are born again and they become baptized, when they have to emerge themselves in water. Um, isn't that a ritual? And if you are another Christian of another faith, instead of being baptized in the water, don't you take your babies? To get Christianed by a high priest. And they make the cross symbol in holy water across the baby's pineal gland. Mm. Isn't that a ritual? If you are a melanated christian, not saying that all melanated churches do this, but a lot of them do. And as they are using music which are which is emitting sound, which is emitting frequency, and what them folks catch as the priest who is in the priesthood is reading out of the Bible, I mean the Bible, a certain way using their voice slash frequency to the audience. And some of the members in the audience catch the what? The Holy Ghost, Or some of them start doing the what? The speaking in tongues. So what is everybody that's sitting in that particular auditorium? Oh, I'm sorry, the church. Participating in it. Um, seems ritualistic to me, but let's continue. Although connotations have varied from positive to negative at times throughout history, magic continues to have an important religious and medicinal role in many cultures today. Within Western culture, magic has been linked to link to ideas of the other. So let's uh, highlight that and see what they're talking about the other means. In phenomenealogy, the term the other and the constitutive other identifies the other human being in his and her differences from the self as being a cumulative a factor in the self-image of a person as acknowledgement of being real. Okay, chow, he talking in babble. All right, so what are you talking about? The other off uh, alter ego is pretty much what it seems like you're saying because you babbling. So. Within Western culture, magic has been linked to the idea of the other, foreignness and primitivism, indicating that it is a powerful marker of a cultural difference, mm-hmm. and likewise a non-modern phenomenon. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Blinking seventy-five times. Blinking seventy-five times. So you're basically saying that Western culture is saying magic is linked to the other, something foreign, foreign something primitive. And it's just a, a powerful cultural difference and a non-modern phenomenon. So, in other words, what you're saying is that indigenous people around the world worshipped in a different way. They worshipped in a way through what you're calling magic. That's pretty much what you're saying. And that was in modern. During the late nineteenth and uh, during the late nineteenth and early twentieth century, Western intellectuals perceived the practice of magic to be a sign of primitive mentality, and also commonly attribute it to marginalized groups of people. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Now, I want you also to peep game of the time period that they're saying that these Western intellectuals perceives the practice of magic to be primitive. The late 19th century. And I'm pointing out these time frames and any time that you are, no pun intended, <laughs> any time that you are going over these different things and the origins of them, pay attention to the timelines and link those timelines up to other events. Because immediately what I think about is resets or are resets. It's really, really interesting that now in the 19th century and early 20, 20th century, the primitive people that was practicing that magic,
1: they just out of
0: their mind. They don't know what they're talking about. Hmm. I find that interesting. Because it seems, it appears that around that time, no pun attendant, the world woke up to a totally different narrative. Totally different narrative. Even down as to simple as how the buildings that they were looking at got there, how the technology that was allowed to stay came into existence even down to the people in power and the general population. Huge changes went on in the late 1800s and the 1900s. And so now they're telling us that magic all of a sudden it's primitive to marginalize groups of people. Are you peeping game? Who are the marginalized groups of people? And what became looked at as taboo And what became the standard? Hmm. Seems to me Christianity became the standard. And that magic, that magic that is really science and religion, that became... Primitive. In modern occultism and neo pagan religions, many self described magicians and witches regularly practice ritual magic, defining magic as a technique for bringing about change in the physical world through the force of one's will. I'll pause. Some water, so a rah a rah a a a You're telling me that magic is for bringing about change in the physical world through the force of one's own will. Huh, you mean actually creating your reality through your consciousness? Nah, you can't be talking about that, right? That ain't what you're talking about, right? Nah, that's not what you're talking about. Nah, that's not it. No, 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 no. That can't be it. This definition was popularized by Alistair Crawley and influ- influential British occultists. And since that time other religions, i.e. Wicca um, and Leveyan Satanism and magical systems, i.e. chaos magic, have adopted it, right? So, you know, those of you that didn't know, y'all should know that Alistair Crawley is the daddy of those other systems. But notice what those other systems are based on, though. They're based on that magic. You know that magic that is a technique for bringing about change in the physical world through the force of one's own will, which is through your consciousness. Because your consciousness is an energy force within itself within you that you utilize to interact with the physical elements to create. That's how physical creation is done. So something happened to bury this magic and replace it with religion where instead of people depending and utilizing and being the creator that you naturally have the power to do and be to literally create your own reality. Something happened where that became hidden, which that's what occultism is. Occultism hidden. And it was replaced with organized religion where you must go through a priest. And the priesthood makes up The rules of how the physical reality will be. And through your consciousness, you consent to it. Okay? All right. Uh, Let's see if I want to go any further than that. I don't think I do. (laughs) Okay, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah, I'm not going to go through all of that. You can go through it. Oh, this Mesopotamia stuff. I may go through this real quick. Since we are talking about um, Sumerian and Mesopotamia, we've been on that for a little bit on a year. So Mesopotamia, magic was involved in many kind of rituals and medical formula, and to counteract evil omens. Mm -hmm. Defensive or legitimate magic in Mesopotamia were incantations and ritual practices intended to alter specific realities. So remember, this is about magic is science, the natural science. Remember, I told you that the priesthood, the true priesthood and priestesshoods are assigned through the bloodline. And it is assigned through the bloodline of the beings known as the Anunnaki who aren't anything special, magical, powerful. Now, I'm going to even take magical out of that. Mysterious powerful, different than you. They were just folk from another realm, another dimension that had technology. And they knew how to put the technology together to create a certain type of energy So when you're putting the technology together, that's called rituals. So meaning you can do a ritual with words, because remember words are frequency. You can do sound, i.e. songs. You can string together different frequencies to heal, for protection. Now, here they said to counteract um, omens. So, sure, you could use it for that as well. Defense or legitimate magic in Mesopotamia were incantations and ritual practice intended to alter specific realities. So again, magic is science. And what has happened upon the planet are these beings using science slash magic to alter the frequency which alters the atmosphere which change reality. The ancient Mesopotamians believed that magic was the only viable defense against demon ghosts and evil sorcerers. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because they daddy them was the ones that was being the sorcerers, the ghosts, and the demons. As they came to the realm, conquering and colonizing and then fighting amongst each other for the realm. Not the realm that they created, let's be clear. The realm that was already here, that they just came and altered. And they used magic slash natural sciences to do it. To defend themselves against the spirits of those they had wronged. Uh Uh-huh. See, I told, well, thank you. Shout out Wikipedia, whoever wrote this. Yeah, because that's exactly what it was. You done set up and used wrongedness against folk, specifically the indigenous people of the planet. And that's why all throughout history, they hunted down the, quote, quote, witches. They were terrified of the witches, which they still are. And I chuckle and I laugh today because you still have folks that's terrified against the witches. So to defend themselves against the spirits of those they had wronged, they would leave offering known as kiss pool in the person's tomb in hopes of appeasing them yeah if that failed they also sometimes took a figurine of the deceased and buried it in the ground demanding for the gods to eradicate the spirit or force it to leave the person alone all right now y'all know those of y'all from uh some some parts of the caribbeans And some parts of the, um, Louisiana. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about, messing with them dolls and stuff. Now, come on now, don't play with me. (laughs) The ancient Mesopotamians also used magic intended to protect themselves from evil sorcerers who might place curses on them. Mm Mm-hmm. Black magic as a category didn't exist in ancient Mesopotamia and a person legitimately using magic to defend themselves against illegitimate magic would use exactly the same techniques. Oh, wait a minute now, wait a minute. Are they admitting up in here that there was a specific formula or a specific ritual of this magic, this natural science to stop folks from trying to voodoo you down oh okay 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 then okay let me pause I'll be right back all right hmm okay then Stay so they didn't have a specific formula okay the only major difference was the fact that curses were enacted in secret, whereas a defense against sorcery was conducted in the open in front of the audience if possible. Now that's very, very interesting. So curses were enacted in secret, whereas a defense against sorcery was conducted in the open in front of the audience if possible. One ritual to punish a sorcerer was known as. I can't even. uh, What is this? Matt. Matt Clue. Oh, so Matt Clue burning. Child. So Matt Clue burning. Series is an Arcadian, uh, Arcadian, sorry, <coughs> Arcadian incantation text which concerns the performance of a rather length, lengthy anti-witchcraft or Kispo ritual in a mature form, probably composed in the early first millennium BC. It comprises eight tablets of nearly a hundred. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they done came up with a set of rituals or magic or natural science or really manipulating the frequencies against the sorcerers. And it's interesting that they said curses were enacted in secret. The person viewed as being afflicted by witchcraft would create an effigy of sorcerers and put it on trial and put it on trial at night. Then once the nature of the sorcerer's crime had been determined, the person would burn the effigy and thereby break the sorcerer's power over them. Mm-hmm. Now, I want y'all to remember where they're talking about this is at. This is Mesopotamia. All of this drama and stuff coming from the priesthood and priestesshood. Okay? Using magic slash natural sciences... to keep control over the realm, to keep the reality that they created through the natural sciences in the realm and to keep the indigenous population of the planet under control or under a spell or to keep them engaged in the illusion or the realm that they have created. The ancient, and remember, they got their power, that priesthood and that priestesshood through the Anunnaki, through their bloodline. Okay? So they gave them the formulas or the magic or natural science. The ancient Mesopotamians also performed magical rituals to purify themselves of sin committed unknowingly. One such ritual was known as serpi or burning, in which the caster of the spell would transfer the guilt for all their misdeeds onto various objects such as strips of dates and onion or tuft of wool the person would then burn the object and thereby purify himself of all sins that they might have unknowingly committed. A whole genre of love spells existed. Mm -hmm. Folks to this day still doing love spells. And they're doing it very, very simple. Now, of course, you know, you got folks that got stories, especially men who got stories that women that put uh, some sort of ritual on them, some sort of voodoo on them, but you also have just the common spells, love spells that the populace don't get. And those spells are the sweet talkings, okay, which has been renamed in the melanated community's culture as the pimp talk and the pimp game. That's a spell. And then the woman's spell of using their body the damsel the damn soul in distress, the sex spell, where folks lay sex rituals on others. just simple everyday thing that folks are participating in and then find themselves in situations that they claim they didn't want to be in and they didn't realize the initial spell that was being put upon them. And then when they use their will To get them out of it, 99.9% didn't even realize the initial spell that was put on them in the first place. But see, those aren't the spells that folk tell you to look for. And those are the most common ones that are used. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's continue. such spells were believed to be to cause a person to fall in love with another person. mm-hmm restore love which had faded mm-hmm because if you put a spell on someone to fall in love with you and it could that be why the love is fading? I'm just saying. Or cause a male SEX partner to be able to sustain, to sustain. I'm trying to talk in cold y'all. <laughs> when he had previously been unable. Now, man, I know y'all want to know that ritual, don't you? <laughs> Some of y'all. You're going to be going <laughs> back Look, trying to look for that, ain't you? <laughs> Other spells were used to reconcile a man with his Patreon deity or to reconcile a wife with a husband who had been neglecting her. Uh huh. Now remember, this is in Mesopotamia. <laughs> but some of these same things are being used. It's just not the specific formula that they may have been using. Because those spells create an illusion. Again, spells create an illusion. And spells usually have to be cast for that illusion because otherwise, the person that the spell is being cast upon would not consent or participate in whatever they're casting the spell for. Okay. All right. Because the love stuff is pretty simple. I don't, me personally, I don't know why people have to make it so complicated. If you have to manipulate someone in any way to be with you from a romantic perspective, then you know that that person is not going to accept you for who you are. And so, whatever spell you're trying to cast with your slick words, pandering, using your body, using your wealth, you're putting up an illusion, you're creating a spell. So authentically, you ain't you, and that person has not had the opportunity if they don't see through your illusion, a.k.a. spell, don't really want you for you. And what does that say about you, that you have to throw up these spells and illusions about you? What's so bad about you that you can't be you that you have to create these illusions for someone to be with the false you? Okay, same thing, doesn't matter gender, but in the case of a woman trying to spell someone into being with her, yeah, uh, I don't get that. If he ain't into you, he ain't into you. Keep it moving. Why would you want to be with someone that is not into you? What is it about you that you want to put up an illusion slash create a spell for someone to be with you? What is it about you that would make you want to put up illusion, put up a spell to make someone stop neglecting you. Now, maybe it's just me looking at things in a simplistic term, but none of it makes sense. It's deception. It doesn't make sense to me if you're truly looking for someone to love and value you for the true, authentic self of you. Otherwise, you are a deceptor. You operate in deception. You call yourself using illusions to get what you want. And this just not only happened in love, that is what has happened in this realm totally. That's the biggest trick of magic slash natural science, the misuse of magic slash natural science. It is putting up the illusion, creating an illusion for the purpose of deception of others so you can solely benefit. So I want you all to think how deep it is when you think about folks that's using love spell slash manipulation. Now they're calling it narcissism. Look at the lengths that those folks will go through and the amount of people they go through to keep up their gains of illusions. I want you to widen that out to the uh, entire Realm, the entire planet, because that's what has been done. The ancient Mesopotamians made no distinction between rational science and magic. I done told y'all. The ancient Meso- Mesopotamians made no distinction between natural science and magic. When a person became ill, doctors would prescribe both magical formulas to be recited as well as medicinal treatments. Most magical rituals were intended to be performed by an asapu, an expert in the magical arts. Or remember the witch doctor? And so it says the, the asapu acted as priest. Remember I told you that the priesthood and the priestesshood were given the natural science sciences by their bloodline relatives, the Anunnaki. They were scholars and practitioners of diagnosis and treatment in the Tigris Euphrates Valley of Mesopotamia around 3200 B.C. Now, let's be clear. The priests and the priestesses through the Anunnaki bloodline were not the only Asupus on the planet. That's just of their specific bloodline. Okay. Because all indigenous cultures around the world had their own Asupus. You know, they call them the, the witch doctors, the oracles. Yeah, those folks. The shamas, The shamans. Yeah, those folks. The difference is, one was defeated and made to be Hidden, and the other got to keep using their magic to control the realm for the purpose of their bloodline. And they did it so well that they even have the world population believing that that is also their bloodline buying into the illusion slash the realm that they created with the magic slash natural science. And that is why when we talk to you about knowing who you are, going within, you can only do it within, knowing who your bloodline is and you can only get out of it through your bloodline we mean what we say, because it is a natural science behind it. That's where the power is. Let's continue, because we're about to wrap this up. The profession was generally passed down from generation to generation. So if you don't know who you are and you're following someone else's bloodline, you are buying into and co-signing into and consenting to that bloodline's illusion slash realm. What do you want to create? Who are you? What is your bloodline? The profession was generally passed down from generation to generation and was held in extremely high regards and often served as advisors to kings and great leaders. And Asupu, probably served not only as a magician, but also a physician, a priest, a scribe, and a scholar. Okay? So in other words, the poo today is that priesthood. And today, these different roles, the mas- the. Mas- Magician, the physician, prescribe, scribe and scholarly could be broken up to different persons. Okay? But back then, the pool had a combination of all of these. Just like in indigenous cultures. That witch doctor, that oracle, that shama, shamans, they were all of these things in one. They were respected, consulted, because they knew they had the wisdom. Okay? And those particular skills were passed down from generation to generation. And that's what the indigenous population around the world stopped that practice because they had to stop it. Think Well, it went underground. I'll put it that way. It went underground. It went underground because of the persecution. By the other bloodline. The Sumerian god, Enki, who was later uh, synchronized with the East Semitic god, EA, was closely associated with magic and incantations. Mm -hmm. So like I told y'all, wasn't nothing mystical? These beings weren't better than you. They were just using the natural science, like your ancestors were using. He was the patron god of Baru and the Asipu, and was widely regarded as the ultimate source of all knowledge or all arcane knowledge. The ancient, because remember, Inky. Establish a priesthood. But it was done through bloodline. Okay. The ancient Mesopotamians also believed in omens, which could come when solicited or unsolicited. Regardless of how they came, omens were always taken with the utmost seriousness. Okay, so they're going to go into um, the different, uh, civilizations Egypt okay but I'm I'm not gonna go through all of that because I think the Mesopotamia that's the start of it tells you what it is okay automatically tells you the origins of it okay so what I wanted you to get out of this again, that magic is the natural science, okay? And we all have it. You just have to know that you have it and practice using it. And that's why when I make the statement, create the world you want to live in, I literally mean that. You have to do it because otherwise you're still in someone else's illusion. You're in someone else's realm that they have created. And that's what the world has been under for 450,000 years, their way of counting time, which time itself is a spell. It is an illusion. And they have gotten the world to buy into that with astrology, with the will of time, That is also a part of creating the realm. All of that are concepts that the world, most of the world, has agreed to accept that illusion. Literally. The world has agreed to this. The world has agreed to the will. The world has agreed to astrology. The world has agreed to the ages because the original sorcerers, the Anunnaki, who were really just high scientists, that's all. Who were really just high scientists that had knowledge of the natural sciences. Use the natural energies of the planet and they created their own system. They created this. The astrology. The ages. And within each age, how much quote, quote, time, which really does not exist, shall occur between them and not only how much time should occur between each age but what sort of frequency the realm should operate under so meaning the golden age the bronze age rather not you want to say the dark age on down to which Leader would lead throughout the ages. This is also an illusion. It's an illusion. If this governs time, which it does, it governs time. And time is an illusion, then this has to be an illusion also. Okay? So I'm just going to leave that right there. I know this one is probably weird. May not sit well with some. It may be confusing for others. That's okay. I'm fine with both of that, all of it. Let it marinate. Go back and listen. Go within. Let it resonate how you need it to resonate. Or not. It's your decision. You are the magi. You are the magician. You either create your own reality or you share, participate, and buy into someone else's reality. The choice is yours. So I wish everyone well on this Wednesday. This is uh, Rhonda with WTUZ Radio Podcast. And if you're not subscribed, I highly encourage you to subscribe, like, and share. Peace and love, family.